Hey, very good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Sean. This is Alex. And this is Finn. And you're listening to another episode of Coaster Kings, Kings Radio. Radio. We're in Yay. season five, and we're <laughs> discussing demolished coasters we wish we rode. That's a mouthful. Sad face. But there's so many coasters out there that I got so close to riding, or that I just never got even close to getting to, but I really wish mm-hmm. I had ridden. And I'm sure that's the same for both of you guys. Definitely. And that's mm-hmm. what we'll be talking about. So we all selected like eight roller coasters each. It's going to be a powerful episode. It's like a little. Yeah, it's a fun process. It is a fun process. Yeah. yeah. Especially kind of going through like. Quite some it was digging. a lot of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of aha moments. Like, oh my god, like, ah, I love yes. that ride. Even though I've never ridden it, you know, like that kind <laughs> like, of emotion. For me, so, uh, there was a few that was like, oh no, they're gone. And then, oh, they built them somewhere else. Okay, now I need to go there. Oh my there. god, Har- sounds like Freestyle Music Park, USA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where everything got rebuilt, everything sort of, but then it didn't. And then stuff got demolished. So, yeah, we'll, <laughs> be, uh, we'll be diving into some roller coasters. Um, I don't think there's much else to introduce to the concept. Pretty clear yeah, this episode. Straightforward. So um, I'm gonna hit it off with flashback at Cyclops Magic Bound in my most beautiful roller coaster tycoon two dream. I oh, wandered yeah. into Magic Bound for the first time in 2007 on vacation, and I still remember it was kind of late in the day already when I got there, and I saw a flashback like in its flesh right over there, over the entrance of the park, and I was pretty excited because I was like, oh, I kind of forgot this was here. You know, roller coaster tycoon, so cool. Um, and then I couldn't really get there. I was like, how do I get to this ride? Turns out she was just standing there and not operating. Um, sad face. Um, ride was at Six Flags Great Adventure before being moved to Six Flags Over Georgia and then coming to Magic Mountain Great as America. part of the... Uh, sorry, Great America. Yeah. As part of the Six Flags ride rotation program, which is pretty common back in the day for Six Flags to relocate rides around their parks. It's like new attractions. It was Intamin's Space Diver, first of a kind. It really kind of introduced the track that we know now um, from Giovanola and Ball- mm-hmm. uh, B&M, which we also saw on Goliath, for example, at Magic Mountain. That was kind of cool about it. Um, Ride was built before Hurricane Harbor LA was built, which is built right next to it. So the biggest problem is the ride was very loud. People were screaming, and it was only a few inches away from these swimming pools, meaning that the lifeguards could not distinguish screaming in the water from screaming on the ride. And so oh, every wow. time Hurricane Harbor LA was open, that ride was closed, meaning it had really limited operating hours later in the day for its last, I don't know, official couple of years of its life. And that was kind of the end of that ride, unfortunately. So it looked pretty cool. Heard it was pretty painful. But, you know, anything at Rollercoaster Coon 2, you kind of get to want to ride it. Did you ride I loved it, that ride. I did. As a little boy. And it was amazing. <laughs> My parents hated it, but I was six, and I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, and yeah, it was. It was open for like two hours that day after Hurricane Harbor closed for the day. It opened oh. for its for its you know couple of hours, and that was so that. funny. It's I will really say it was sad. pretty ugly, but like yeah. in a cool way, you know. It's sad that it's gone because it was it occupies such an important point in the roller coaster mm-hmm. technology timeline. So. Mm-hmm. Such is life. So let's move on to this Uh, spectacular ride. This is... uh, When I looked up information about this one, the the pain that I felt after it closed was like it it came all back, you know? And and I feel like it even (laughs) hurt more when I was looking this up. (laughs) Because it's Vertigo at Walibi, Belgium. And um, it was the first and only 
mountain glider of Doppelmayr, Doppelmayr, a company that's known for making ski lifts, actually. Uh, and um, yeah, it was uh, a, a first of its kind. I, I was in the park when uh, it was operating, um, but each time that we wanted to go, it, uh, yeah, it, it malfunctioned. And I remember standing in the queue of uh, Loup Garou. And um, so what, what happened when the, the ride, most of the issues that the ride had were d due to Wi-Fi sensor problems. And um, as soon as there was one malfunctioning thing, it shot into safety mode and the ride stopped. But th it had very special track because the track is it's a single rail coaster. And uh, but it's a very flexible track. Like when you saw the, the vehicles move over it, you really saw them bumping up and down. So it was quite flexible. Wow. But that also meant that it could get kind of stuck, you know. <laughs> so because <laughs> if it didn't have the speed anymore to go uphill, then what do you do? So the only way to evacuate the guests was to have like a maintenance automatic vehicle that went up to the uh, coaster trains and that had to drag them all the way over the track to the station but i mean it was a 720 meter long ride uh it was 54 meter high i i, I didn't recall that it was that tall actually but it, that's pretty high for a european coaster even very but yeah because originally it was announced for 2006 um by the previous owners of the park, then CDA took over. And um, during the test results already, it had issues. So uh, eventually it opened a little bit in 2007, again, issues. And then in 2008, they did the grand opening. Uh, <laughs> even Jean-Claude Van Damme was there, our famous Belgian uh, actor, one of the few. <laughs> and uh, it was open for 11 days. So it was like, oh my god, because there was wear on the gondolas as well. Um, and so I have pictures from it. And at the end of the day, we the queue was open, I was standing there, and then my friends were like, Yeah, but we need to take the bus home. And I was like, Oh, fudge, heartbreaking. And yeah, so I never got to ride. I mean, people that did ride it were like, It was a pleasant experience, not mind blowing, but just very relaxing soothing and and still some some a, a swift ride actually but uh yeah other people didn't like the towers because they were very present in the park uh, yeah i will say i just looked up some more, more pictures of it yesterday because to be honest for everyone listening this was kind of the roller coaster that inspired the topic because mm -hmm. i still remember talking to Sven some of the episode like some episode where he mentioned Vertigo was like barely missed because of the bus ride situation. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, that's so salty. You know, that sucks so hard. Mm -hmm. So I looked it up the other day <laughs> and seeing those giant towers and like realizing how tall it was. It was hideous. And the giant numbers mm -hmm. in the towers, like it was some like playset inflated above the park. Wild. I can't believe that ever happened, to be honest. Yeah. It's like a giant yeah. wind farm. <laughs> and it didn't take long to take them down because I, I think the year after they were already gone. So. People were really relieved that the the track was removed because yeah, it wasn't a 
pretty much a site. And if you look at the park now, it really would curse with what we have now. So uh, yeah, but yeah, that's fair to go. <laughs> Alexander, you're okay. up. So um, this one, the the Jet Star at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. Um, I never had a shot at this because it it left the boardwalk um, the same year I was born. Um, but I grew up going to the boardwalk. My parents um, worked at the boardwalk. They lived the Jet Star. It was just a classic. It's a Schwarzkopf classic. It's a production model, but it's like a great ride. Um, but I just would have liked to have been able to ride. And I've ridden other single, like the Jet Star. I rode the Jet Star at Sarkiniemi before it was demolished. And then the Tigger Terror coaster at Indiana Beach. Those are both Jet Star ones. They're both clones of of this Jet Star. Um, but it would have been really fun to ride this one if it was if I was able. We went up to Oregon one time uh, to Salem, Oregon, and drove by Thrillville Amusement Park, which is where the Jet Star had been relocated to. Um, but it was it wasn't open. We did go to Enchanted Forest, the amusement park up there in Oaks Park. We did those little parks, but Thrillville was not functioning. And now it, and the coaster supposedly it's still open, but it's somewhere in Russia. It's in Sochi, actually. And according to Roller Coaster Database, it's still open, but news <laughs> from Russia is not <laughs> always, like, pertinent. Like, when I went to Moscow for work in 2017 and tried to go to an amusement park that was listed on Roller Coaster Database, and the park was gone. It didn't <laughs> exist anymore. So, like, okay. I had to tell Roller Coaster Database, like, yo, this park is toast. Like, there's no park. Um <laughs> But I went to a different park that was actually still there and rode their Schwarzkopf city jet, and that was amazing. Um, but yeah, I don't think, I don't, given the political climate with Russia, I don't think there's a shot mm-hmm. in hell that I would uh, ever get to ride the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk mm-hmm. Jetstar. But um, such is life. At least I was able to ride other Jetstars, and, um, you know, it's been replaced two times over now with the SDC Windstorm Hurricane that ran from 1992 to 2011 and now the uh undertow mauer spinner that's up there which is a great ride for that spot so all in all i you know it would have been it would be cool to say that i've ridden it but i've gotten close enough within reason cool small, small sidestep i'm, I'm yeah. amazed that there was a park that act that's actually called thrillville because i remember playing the game oh my god the right. game yeah the bs game yeah. <laughs> i always thought it was a great name for a park and then they yeah. made the game out of it i was like yeah it was a clever one that was hiding in oregon all along okay next yeah. up we have volcano the blast coaster which we were scheduled to have ert on volcano when we went to CoasterCon at King's Dominion in 2018. And then something happened to the launch mechanism, like opening week or something. I'm pretty sure it ran for like a week or two in the beginning of the season. Ride went down. We're like, okay, bummer. It's not going to operate for our events, which is one thing. So most of the event, you know, we looked at the big ride. We rode Avalanche and, you know, we got to admire Volcano and its massiveness. And then Girl She Gets Never Reopened. So that's a bummer because <laughs> I was so yeah. excited to write that. And then you know, we find out it's closed for the event, which is one thing. But to then never get the chance to write it again, kind of salty. Um, most people know what Volcano the Blast Coaster is. Inverted instrument launch coaster with two launches, top speed to 70 miles per hour with an um, inverting kind of sidewinder. sidewinder coming out of the top of the volcano with some yeah. fire effects. Pretty spectacular. Coast 2018, yeah, and um, fun fact, the launches were, you know, kind of like a prototype, 
And so they weren't fast enough to get the heavy inverted trains up the inversion in the beginning. So during media day, they actually had taken off every other row. So there was only eight people on the train versus 16. <laughs> and it looks really awkward on promotional materials. There's a giant gap between the seats mm-hmm. because they could not get the train to roll, like to launch through the volcano. So they didn't get that figured out until later on. So that's kind of funny. But for anyone that was so close to writing that, I'm pretty sure we all shared this feeling. Because that was one of those legendary one. Yeah. Like, they don't build them like that anymore. There's probably a reason. But, you know, you're also never going to get a shot at writing anything that similar. So, sad face. It was also one of the first one that came to my mind when we discussed the topic of this episode. But so, again, I, I assume, Alex, that you wrote it. It was cool. I liked it. But it wasn't like... I I don't know. It um. It felt like very rushed like the project because Mm -hmm. I wrote it in 2008 so it had already been open 10 years and it's kind of crazy to think back when this was being developed because like the inverted coaster the inverted looping coaster had only been a thing for like six years and linear induction motors had only been a thing for like three or four years tops and then linear synchronous motors were brand new they were still prototyped at Magic Mountain for a very basic ride, the Superman ride, and mm. here comes Intamin and King's Dominion, and they're like, we're going to do all of this stuff with this ride, and we're just going to hope that it works. And that ride was so ahead of its time and so still so attractive and interesting all the way up to its demise. Um, but at the same time, it was rough around the edges. After the initial launch in the Sidewinder, it was just sort of like, you just kind of plotted along, and then you did this nice big dive into the ugly, hollow volcano made out of paper mache and chicken wire and it was just kind of over <laughs> unceremoniously and that was that intimidator's better okay and probably dominator too well let's go to finland because um in linenmarki there used to be a ride and i'm sorry if i mispronounced this name but vonka putus or something like that sounds uh, good yeah I, yeah i buy it <laughs> We'll see. Um, sorry, Finnish people. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, a, a Premier Rides liquid coaster. It was the, the first Premier coaster in Europe. Mm. And um, it's it's funny because when, when I looked it up on Rollercoaster Database, there was one other liquid coaster mentioned, and it says Powder Keg at Silver Dollar City. Bus yeah, because falls. it used to be Bus yeah. Falls. They used to reuse part of the ride and rolled it into powder keg. So technically part of the original ride is still there as part of powder okay. keg. Mm-hmm. Okay. But because they seem so different because this was clearly a water coaster. So it well, was just Falls used to be one too. too. Oh, and then okay. they took all the water coaster part out and added all the cool new stuff. And, and S&S is the one that came and in. And reused like half of the existing okay. water coaster. So powder keg is like two rides in one, yeah. except all the water parts are gone. Yeah. That makes sense. Gotcha, yeah. But I, I remember when looking up the park, that, that was one of the coasters that interested me, because I'm always curious for those unique coasters in the world that yeah have something special. And um, But what I read is that they had quite some technical difficulties. I think that's a, a, a main theme for all of the different coasters on this list unfortunately yeah but um 
here it was really bad in a way that they could only do one car ops. So for a park that it is based in, yeah, it's one of a few parks, you know, in, in Finland. Um, and uh, yeah, they could only only do one car ops because there was some interference with the sensitive infrared sensors um, and a very high operational cost due to the continuous water pumps that they needed to use. So eventually they closed the ride in 2017, but, but they gave Taiga instead. So mm -hmm. that, I think that's a very solid replacement. Especially yeah, worth the loss. So, um, yeah, I wasn't too sad when I was there at the park and didn't get to ride that ride, but I could ride Taiga. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, talk about a roller coaster that got a worthy replacement. Yeah. Well, I, well, I, I actually wrote this one at Linden okay. when I was a teenager. <laughs> and, and no, you didn't miss much. It was really short. I, okay. I remember thinking, my God, that's it. It had one drop that, and then you went back up and then down yeah, into the splashdown. And that was it. Meters, it was yeah. so short. And it was more reliable than Buzzsaw Falls. Because Buzzsaw Falls had a portion of the ride where it was a flume and the vehicle was buoyant. And Vanka Pultus did not. It never left the track bed. And I think that was the part that was so difficult with Buzzsaw Falls that they were able to remedy that for the second installation. But the ride was still fussy. And yeah, capacity was bad. They were running two boats, I think, when we rode. But I could see that you know, deteriorating down to the point where it wasn't safe for them to run more than one. And it seemed like an odd fit that was not a necessary ride at that park. So, okay. Speaking of unnecessary rides, um, <laughs> Windjammer Surf Racers at Knott's Berry Farm is definitely um, a, coast, a pair of coasters that I conceivably could have ridden because um, we were going to LA a lot in my childhood. Um, I don't think I even would have been big enough to ride the wacky soapbox derby racers if we had been to Knott's Berry Farm while those were still open. But Windjammer, if we if I had been lucky enough to go on a day that it was actually open and we were actually if we were actually going to Knott's Berry Farm, then I theoretically could have ridden it. Um, however, by all accounts, the rides, both of them were terrible. They were so bad that when Cedar Fair took over the park, one of the first things they did was sue togo international into oblivion um over the the shoddy installation pretty much everything about this ride that could have been bad or po done poorly was bad and done poorly so it would really just be about being able to say that i wrote it and not about like enjoying it mm. or uh like <laughs> really wanting it for the sake of wanting to ride it so yeah because it's like a, a double Wild yeah, it was a coaster? dueling. They called it a, a looping wild mouse. There was a product. Okay. Togo had this product line that was basically a wild mouse with a vertical loop in it. And that was essentially what Windjammer was. It didn't really do wild mouse maneuvers the way that the ones in Japan did. But I think they just didn't really know how best to categorize it outside of that. 
Okay. It was cute. Like it was that was well intended. They wanted a little concrete yeah. and, and again their replacement of this ride was a little more spectacular. Yeah, and then they got Accelerator, Accelerator was also like a legendary mm-hmm. limit like, pushing ride. Yeah. Is what Accelerator is what they should have done from the get go. The the Windjammer just seemed like a really odd choice in general, so it was a short lived, goofy flub of a ride, but it would have been a fun one to say that I'd ridden. And then from one racing coaster to the next my next coaster on this list is Dueling Dragons. We were really close to riding it in 2017 before its closure because we had to consider doing a last-minute trip just to get the credit. And then it wasn't really working out, and we figured, God, it doesn't even duel anymore. Will I really get the experience that Alex previously had experienced as a kid that he always talked about? Mm-hmm. So we decided against mm-hmm. it. In hindsight, I feel like I made the bad decision. Like, I wish I had ridden it. But, you know, can't go back in time now. Salty. Uh, but yeah, everyone knows Dueling Dragons, another one of those legendary roller coasters, Universal's Orlando, uh, Islands of Adventure in Orlando. Build this legendary overcapacity dueling B&M invert coaster in the back of the park that was way too high capacity to the point where they turned their switchbacks into another roller coaster in the second season of the park because they just didn't need all that capacity. Came in really handy, though, when Harry Potter came in and it became part of Wizarding World of Harry Potter. They could stow a lot of people on that ride. And they rethemed it to Dragon Challenge. Um, there was a fire and ice side originally, turned into the Hungarian Horntail and the Chinese Fireball sides when it became Harry Potter. Um, biggest issue with the ride, especially in the Harry Potter days, was sideline issues. You were hovering kind of over the backstage um, of Universal over Dr. Phillips, the neighborhood that surrounds the park. So it was kind of already looked at to be replaced as soon as the Wizarding World of Harry Potter came in. It was just a good transition to keep it for a couple years longer. But the fireside mostly, or, you know, Chinese fireball side, with its weird elements and its spectacular creative layout is something that I really had wished I'd written. Like, the eye side, if I would have not written it, it would have been not as bad, because it's just mostly traditional elements. But the fireside, the things a little differently, so... I'm sad about that. Main reason that we chose not to go is because it was no longer dueling. After incidents, um, shortly after the Wizarding World of Harry Potter opened, there were several incidents where a phone from one train mm. hit the riders head-on in the other train, injuring Ouch. riders. The, yeah, the state then f- um, forbid Universal from racing the roller coaster for safety reasons. Uh, so it's also the reason that every big roller coaster Universal is a mandatory locker-only ride where you go through metal detectors and you get wanted because they take it so serious now because it kind of ruined the whole concept of one of their biggest rides. And so now they take it all very serious. Um, so, yeah, sad that it's gone. I understand why. Haggard is another one of those legendary replacements, though. $300 million, yeah. seven launches, intimate coaster. I mean, you can't, you know, this is what roller coaster fans dream of. But same for Dueling Dragons. I think it was every roller coaster fan's dream. So... Yeah, because yeah. it's it's also I would say one, but two of the few uh, B and M roller coasters that got demolished. Because right. usually B and M roller coaster gets to another park when it's over. But yeah, Universal Creative refused to sell the ride. Apparently, B and M even offered, offered to buy, to buy it back. It back. Mm. Because then they knew they could sell that thing. Oh my god! Yeah. They Universal it. would have made a lot of money by selling it back to to B&M compared to selling it for scrap, but they didn't want another park to have it. And to be fair, Universal, especially, uh, obviously, Islands of Adventure opened year-round, rough Florida weather. Those B&Ms, you know, the Hulk and the Dueling Dragons, are 
probably the most heavily operated B&Ms in the world. Imagine three chain operations on an invert yeah. for like 12 hours a day, every day in the Florida weather. Um, I'm pretty sure that it was also getting to a point where they were going to have to replace the track anyway, because that's what Hulk went yeah. through. Yeah. Every single track piece, for, except for the launch, was replaced because the wear and tear on the track. I'm sure Dueling Dragons was kind of getting close to its mm-hmm. like cap-out age. It was either spending all the money into rebuilding it or going with a highly themed, no-sideline issue rollercoaster like Hagrid, which at the end of the day, Hagrid's so popular. I mean, you can't fight it. I think it was a good choice. Yeah, you can't be day. mad with can't Hagrid. can't be mad about it. Yeah, it's sad that it won't be there when I'm coming. However, on this year's Halloween Horror Nights, they will have a Dueling Dragons haunted house. Yes, right. So, just, oh my god, that's quite, I want to go. I want to go there for that. That's yeah, pretty that, cute. that's pretty high on my list. Because uh, if all goes well, then tomorrow I'll do it. So that's <laughs> exciting, very um, exciting. But um, yeah, let's go back to Europe because there I have uh, a special little coaster in uh, Blackpool Pleasure Beach, the Wild Mouse. And you might think, okay, what's so strange or? Rare about Wild Mouse. Well, this one was built in-house, opened in 1958, and was a wooden Wild Mouse. So, if I'm not mistaken, you were able to build those in Roller Coaster Tycoon as well. It was quite sure were. It looked a little bit strange to me, but then yeah, it was their first major ride after World War II. So it also had a bit of a historic value i mean everything at blackpool has a historic value though but it's it's one of those rides that you think okay this fits well in their collection and apparently yeah it was starting 2011 ish if i remember correctly there were already rumors circulating that the it, the time would have come to for the ride to be removed but then in 2016 they even added uh, magnetic brakes to it so you're like okay so they really want to go forward with it but then it closed in 2017 uh, without an announcement beforehand so yeah I think some quite some park fans were crying that it was gone because it looked like yeah a ride on steroids um, um, did you ride it Alex? it was great yeah. <laughs> it was freaking terrifying yeah um, and I have, was not surprised one bit when it just unceremoniously, like, people went to the park and it was gone. Like, mm. it, 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 there wasn't, not only was there not an announced closure, but, like, the park opened for the season and it was just, not, and it wasn't there anymore. It had mm. been quietly demolished and cleaned up and vacated. So people were really upset about the nature of the removal of it, but, God, that thing was scary. Mm. <laughs> like, I was not surprised at all. Like I, I could not believe that it was running. I mean, it was running really well. It was just, I, it was just amazing that a ride like that lasted as long as it did. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, this is a liability. Um, that was with people who got really hurt. Like you would normally, <laughs> it used to be, you had to ride two people to per car. Um, okay. I guess cause for keep like it used to not have seatbelts and I guess you would ride two people to cars so that like, a person behind you could hold on to you to keep you from flying out. Um, <laughs> but when I rode, they had seatbelts and you could ride by yourself. But people who opted to ride together, I know one person I know like nearly broke his nose oh, wow. because he hit the back of the head of the person that he was riding with. 
And I'm just like, this ride is a freaking death trap. Like, there's just no way that this is going to last. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, now I saw that they sometimes do like a pop-up restaurant uh, thingy there. Mm. It's a bit sad because they said it that they sad. would replace it for future attractions. But yeah. Hopefully someday they'll put something like cool there and it will feel yeah. like a worthy replacement. All right, so my next coaster is Drakenfire at Busch Gardens Williamsburg, which is a roller coaster that I was very fond of. In theory, I would watch the uh, America's Greatest Roller Coaster Thrills in 3D uh, cassette tape. I wore, I watched it to the point where like we had to replace it more than once because I just I would watch it every day, multiple times a day. <laughs> and Drakenfire, I think at the time, was the coolest ride on there. I just thought the layout was neat, the aesthetic, like the colors and stuff. And I was devastated when I found out. Um, I was actually at Disneyland, and we were waiting in line. This is so funny. We were at Disneyland, and we were waiting in, waiting in line for rocket rods at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And the people in front of us in line were talking about Busch Gardens Williamsburg. And they were talking about Dragon Fire. And I, was, I couldn't help but overhear and asked about it, and they were like, "Yeah, dude, like, Drakenfire's gone. Like, they this was probably 1998 or 99, and they were like, Drakenfire's gone, they demolished it. And I was devastated. Like, I could not believe that the roller... I didn't want to believe it, because I didn't think it would, could possibly be true, because nothing that cool-looking that was really not that old was gone, but obviously, sure enough, it was gone. And it, it only ran six seasons. There was a myriad of issues with it. There was fulfillment issues on... Arrow's side, there was design issues on Arrow's side. Um, but a couple years in, they they took the corkscrew, the first corkscrew, after the mid-course brake run, they took that out um, to improve rider comfort, basically so that they could slow down the back half of the ride. They, they did all sorts of, they, they messed around with it, they did their, what they could, I guess, but after six years, it just, they... They called it quits. They um, opened Alpengeist in 1997, and that was that was a good consolation prize, I think, for for the park and to distract people from it. And then after it was demolished, they followed up with Apollo's Chariot. Like mm. building those two coasters back to back, such amazing rides that are still have such impact in the industry. Yeah. They are still two of the country's best rides. It was like part of that was doing those so quickly in succession was partially related to Drock and Fire and the damage control that they had to do because that amazing hyped up signature modern ride ended up being a complete failure. Sad. Yeah, it's sad. That was high on my list too. I think I still really remember RCD being in my early coaster fandom days, you know, you would just kind of endlessly RCD stuff. And just looking at the photos of that highly elevated course crew that then became a drop, that you know, so cool. <laughs> I mean, and then the support structures with those big triangular supports, it looked like it looked like an arrow out of your wildest dreams, like you know, almost like it was an arrow. Which I guess is also the problem with the ride. Arrow was trying to imitate B and M and come for B and M, but they could never get close to to the design quality. Um, and Dragonfire, I think, was the last nail in that coffin. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Arrow and last nails and coffins and all that kind of good stuff. This one opened um, the same year, too. Eagle's Fortress, or Eagle Fortress, in Everland is my next coaster. I think a lot of people know what this is, too. Um, in the Arrow Suspended Coaster Lexicon, there were a couple of really cool standouts. I think this is the one. Um, the benefits of rides like 
bats at King's Island is that you have an air suspender coaster that uses its height and speed and just kind of like uses it to just do a bunch of twists and turns at a high speed. And that's what's so great about the bat at King's Island. And that's practically all that Eagle Fortress did, except it was in a densely wooded forest. Um, and if you've seen any of the videos that, for example, TPR have put out, it's just insane, the amount of swinging and the banking on the turns. At one point, your train car is going in the opposite direction of where the track is going. It makes sense that it didn't last, because to be honest, I'm sure that track was full of fractures, because the wear and tear on a roller coaster like Eagle's For- or Eagle Fortress must have been insane. Doesn't mean I didn't want to ride it, though. Um, it did last from 1992 until 2009, so... Decently long, so seventeen long years. Last long a dragon fire, and <laughs> honestly, I think a thing got so beat up that there was no saving it at the end. Um, quite long too, about thirty-two hundred feet, which is nine or seventy-six meters, almost a kilometer long. At top speed of sixty-five kilometers an hour, not bad for a suspended coaster. Overall, another one of those fever dream arrows where I think they did a little more than they could really support in uh, in quality. Literally. You know, just a little bit. So yeah, it's sad, understandable. Also very far away. So I don't think I have an emotional sadness about it. It's not like I just stood there watching it, you know, exist and then didn't get the ride. Um, it's just one of those rides on my list where I'm like, wow, that would have been so cool if I would have gotten on that. Let's go to Spain, to Terra <laughs> Mitica. It's a bit of a, a weird park. I haven't visited it yet, but I mean, last couple of years they've done some weird decisions however um there is one painful thing that is still uh in that park as well and that's uh magnus colossus standing there on top of the rocky hills and standing but not operating because uh it's it's quite a long uh wooden coaster Uh, i mean already wooden coasters in in Spain are pretty rare because obviously <laughs> you have the ones at and you have the one. <laughs> They're also pretty the, long, so. In Porta Ventura, yeah, but then this one was—I mean, for the park, it, it, it was definitely one of the major coasters uh, when the park opened. Um, but yeah, uh, same old story: high maintenance costs, and then also, while well, it can get pretty warm in Spain. So the expansion of the wood because of the heat uh, caused that. Also, the supports were expanding, so it wasn't really safe anymore to have the ride open. So it operated from 2000 to 2015. And what I also noticed then when I saw some of the on-ride videos is that it had a bit of a weird pacing Um because it seemed that it ran a lot slower towards the end of its days compared to in the beginning. Um, it might just be wrong impressions from my side, but um, I, I still would like to visit the park because not only is it unlikely that the coaster will reopen, I mean, you never know, but I feel that the strategy of the park also... In, endangers the existence of the park so uh and they, st- <laughs> they have a um, a dark ride that i'd really like to try out like the uh, because it's it's a sally dark ride similar to challenge of tutankhamon in walibi belgium 
but based on mine on the Minotaur. So um, that's one of the reasons why I'd like to visit the park. And uh, but then again, yeah, seeing a coaster that like that that is closed. I remember going to Hyde Park and seeing Colossus closed, and that was very painful. So I feel like here it would be the same story as well. So I guess that's one of the reasons why I haven't visited the park yet. But um, fair enough. If there's one coaster is looming over the park, yeah. it's Terra Mitica's. Right, it's just Salty. one of those parks where Magnus Colossus really is kind of like the park. When I think about that park, it's all I really think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. their only notable coaster. They've got an SLC. I guess that's notable for Spain, but and a Zach spin. probably not for yeah. <laughs> the Zach spin. <laughs> oh yeah, they do have the Zach spin. <laughs> the Zach spin. She... Did that kill people? Yeah. Okay, it did. All right, I was yeah. Okay, I do. that one. Yeah, I remember that one. That one. Um. Oh, it's my turn again. Okay. Um. Titan Max at Space World in Fukuoka, Japan. This was one of a, of the trio of aerodynamics uh, mega coasters. I guess you could say they're hyper coasters because two out of the three of them were over 200 feet tall. But uh, in 1994, aerodynamics opened Desperado uh, in Prim, Nevada. They opened the Pepsi Max big one at Blackpool Pleasure Beach, and they opened Titan at Space World, and Titan followed a similar formula to these rides. It looked a little bit like Magnum. It had the same trains as Magnum, and so it, it definitely seemed like they were very kindred to each other, uh, more so than um, even the other coasters that were built in that year by by Arrow. Um, and it followed a, a pretty straightforward hypercoaster formula until you got to the far end, and it had the, the stupid amazing butterfly element thing that Anaconda at King's Dominion does, but, you know, on a hyper coaster with a three bench train. So like it, it navigated that thing like really bizarrely. Again, TPR has a great video of this ride um, in action, not like the best airtime machine or anything, but just certainly interesting and weird. And like, as an arrow enthusiast, this would have been a really fun one to have been able to ride and say that I'd ridden uh, space world, closed trying to i think space world closed at the end of 2016 or 2017 17 2017 17 and um, the ride was demolished sold for scrap there was no there was no good uh likelihood of that ride reopening happened however another coaster of theirs the uh the schwarzkopf and mauer uh venus gp yeah uh, roller coaster was successfully sold relocated and has reopened at um Himeji Central Park and Zoo uh, near Osaka in Japan. So at least one of Space World's uh, more interesting rides um, is is still rideable and is still in great shape. And I I also have heard a few years before the park Space World closed, Titan got um, new trains from, I forget where they came from. They got, they got, they, they changed the rolling stock. And according to a friend of ours who wrote it, or had gotten testimonies from people who wrote it, the new trains that the ride got, like, were bad. And the ride, they were tracking really poorly. It's so. funny, because it also lowered capacity on the train, too, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So as far as I'm understanding, that like, the ride already kind of was ruined and wasn't even that good. Like, once the Magnum trains were gone, the ride was already sucked. And then the whole park demolished. And so it was there was really no shot at it for us. But um, an I interesting ride. I want to make a quick note, though, about Space World. It's like... Kind of like a fever dream, you know. It's like a name you'd given Rollercoaster Tycoon Park, Space World. 
And then everything is somehow related to space. They had a log flume kind of where you like dropped out of a flying saucer that was crashed into a volcano. In a, or yeah, and yeah. They had a kitty. They had a coaster That's called funny. the Boogie Woogie Space Coaster. Yeah, everything was like loosely space theme. Which Asian parks are really good at picking one theme for the whole park and making it work. They had an Intamin um, hydraulic launch coaster, a clone of Stealth at Thorpe Park. Um, That was like kind of the beginning of the end for them because apparently that ride was a money pit for them. And with the economic downturn that Japan was experiencing and and the the recession of regional parks in that er in that country, it was just the park did just wasn't. It just wasn't meant to be, unfortunately, going forward for Space World. But um, an interesting piece of aerodynamics coaster history, nonetheless. So, yeah, next on our list of maintenance killed this bad boy, um, <laughs> Batman and Robin the Chiller, where to start? First of all, another one of those ghosts, as everyone knows, um, Sigash Great Adventure from 1998 through 2007. It was part of Premier's grand entrance into the market of, you know, building the Mr. Freezes. The Flight of Fears, Poltergeist, all the good stuff. And then they built a super unique Batman and Robin the Chiller, which was a racing LSM-launched premier roller coaster where one side, the Batman side, had a giant top hat, followed by kind of like a barrel roll into a sloped upward hill, after which it would be boosted up a little bit to do the same thing in reverse. And then you had the Chiller, or um, the Robin side, which was a... Cobra roll followed by a zero G roll barrel roll into that same upward slope and just to do it all backwards again. Downside of this ride was that the power grid just simply couldn't support two of these launch coasters launching at the same time without it going down. So it meant that they would really only launch one at a time. They would occasionally operate at the same time, but that would just mean that the trains would not launch simultaneously or just one side would work. And then, amazingly, for the 2007 season, they took out the hardline rolls that were leading to the spike just to replace them with these weird airtime hills. And then that was the last season for the ride altogether. It seems kind of like they put a lot of money into it at the end and still decided to call it quits. But that's just one of those legendary 90s roller coasters that I'd wish I'd written. We were a great adventure the other day, and you can still see the giant dome structure that both trains would launch through on their way to their inversions. And it's wild. Like you could just see it was right there. And that was some sort of gaming pavilion, but it's sad (laughs) because, you know, I know it used to be Batman and Robin chiller. Did you, no, you didn't write it. No, I did not write this one. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, one one that I didn't write. (laughs) So yeah, next. next one, uh, I think it was one or two years ago that we went to center parks in the Eiffel area in Germany. And uh, funnily enough, I had a request to go to a racing track. And it was in the middle of winter, so January, February. And um, we, uh, we went there. And the reason that we wanted to go is to see the Ring Racer. Um, <laughs> still there, standing but not operating. And obviously, for European fans who so definitely know it as, yeah, originally announced as, at the time, the fastest roller coaster in the world. But that did not happen because <laughs> when they were testing um, 
they never reached that the the top speed that they wanted to reach of uh, uh, 135 miles per hour, so 217 kilometers per hour. That was the goal, but eventually they only made it to 160 kilometers per hour. <laughs> so weak. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not the same thing, and. Um, so they did, in 2009, a soft launch with some celebrities. I think Michael Schumacher was even there. But, uh, yeah, that didn't take too long because they uh, had to continue working on the ride because there were some issues. And then an explosion happened. Uh, I remember hearing about that. Yeah. The air tanks. <laughs> the air tanks, seven staff members injured windows nearby shuttered uh not sh shattered sorry yeah yeah uh, that shattered is a different thing it's not yeah. so, not that it's much yeah. more serious than shuttering the windows yeah because yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah of unexpected pressure releases in the in the the system it's crazy but um eventually it took until 2013 to open the ride uh, at the end of october 31st of october on halloween uh and after four days it closed <laughs> so that I was the amount of time that you were able to ride that coast but to be fair like if you see the layout it doesn't look that special because it's basically one launch just a figure eight and back but uh what were you going to say, uh, Sean? Well, I will say my family had a house has has a house in the Eiffel area of Germany, so we were in that region once a month at the least. And I we we drove by that racetrack all the time, and I was on my RCDP shit, and I knew that they were building that, and it was so cool, and I wanted mm -hmm. to go there one day. And had all those problems, and then in 2013, I could not believe they actually opened the thing, even if it was just for a couple of days, because like it seemed like one of those things that was never going to happen. And then realistically, like you mentioned, the right blade didn't do a whole lot. It was going to launch really fast, then throw into a bunch of brakes, then have a weird figure eight. And then the coolest part for me, I think, besides the launch, was going through all of the buildings, mm -hmm. kind of just coasting through yeah. them, like suspended from the ceiling. Yeah. But yeah, there was all this effort, all these problems, all these injuries, all this shattering <laughs> for what was realistically not even that great of a ride. Nah, you know. Nah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the wildest thing because I remember being so hyped up about it too. Because like it was a realistic thing for me to ride. Yeah, if they had actually opened it when they were supposed to open it, so I was looking forward to it so much. When I, I would have been kid. able to ride it too because it was on the itinerary for the Ace Twenty Thirteen Germany trip. Mm. And at the time, they were like, we we had a plan A and a plan B because we weren't know if we didn't know if it was going to be open or not until we were already in Germany. And obviously, we yeah. we did other things because. For all the rides on this list that we've all three gotten so close to riding, I did not think it was going to be this one. I was nervous. Yeah. Because <laughs> <Not laughs> even I remember... Having been able to plan to ride this. <laughs> even I remember, okay, like, it's a doable drive to go there for the opening or for... Uh, to be one of the first ones to ride it. And then eventually I chose not to. But then, yeah. I should have. <laughs> so wild. Yeah. Yeah, if you were there at opening, it would have been the only shot at it ever. Yeah, <laughs> but but Crazy. still, when walking around that area, I find it really impressive to see just the the track because it's mm -hmm. like it's stunning. Fortunately, SNS and, and, recovered a little bit from that with some of the stuff they're doing now. You can always ride Max Force at Six Flags Great America. Mm. 
sort of yeah. And their and their product line in China has taken off. The LSM, like their um, their um, pneumatic launchers in China, have been decently successful. Mm-hmm. There is hope. There is hope. There but is yeah, hope. I think it wasn't only the technical issues, but also financially, the the the, money par- the park was was yeah lost, and so uh, I think someone else. Um, bought the area but they just didn't find it feasible to open the coaster because yeah it wouldn't bring any any extra money so that's why it's there it's standing there yeah exactly another problem with a ride like that is you have it at a a venue that's really not open like every day it's not super convenient dog is gonna like drop by to ride the coaster so at the end Mm -hmm. of the day it didn't even make that much sense at all it was more of like a power trip really Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> right like, i mean that's yeah. how i look at it all right um, next up talk about power trips talking about a roller coaster that doesn't make sense the moonsault scramble at fuji q highland this crazy this is the original giant inverted boomerang i guess it's oh, a giant yeah. sit down. Uh, this was a 203 foot tall shuttle loop roller coaster this ride was designed at the same time that vacoma designed the boomerang like Roller coasters at the time did not have that many inversions and they weren't that tall. And Meisho, Japanese legacy roller coaster designer, and in conjunction with Vekoma together, designed this absolutely batshit crazy uh, shuttle loop coaster for Fuji Q Highland in 1983. It was the first roller coaster of any kind in, to come anywhere near the hypercoaster realm the top of the ride being 203 feet i don't think even any of the train traveled to a 200 feet but it, the ride was absolutely massive and it was instead of a cobra roll at the end of it it looked like a giant boomerang but instead of a cobra roll there was no vertical loop it was just two spikes um two very big parabolic spikes and a giant pretzel loop as I called it, a pretzel knot, where mm. you entered and exited it in sort of a boomerang formation, um, sort of like a like a batwing, except that the entrance and exit of exits of the batwing were super elongated into a pretzel shape. And this thing was iconic. It uh, apparently it pulled six and a half positive G's, and with its one train operations and an immense size and might i mean it attracted people from all over japan frequently people would wait hours and hours and hours to ride it and it actually lasted this thing ran until 2000 um fujiyama was sort of like the spiritual successor to it that became like the new sweetheart at fuji q highland and then the physical successor the ride that uh occupied um some of the space that was left by the Moonsault Scramble would be uh, 2001's Dododampa, another uh, troubled SNS compressed mm. air roller coaster. Um, yeah, I, re- I remember seeing, I saw like um, Moonsault Scramble on like the Travel Channel. And in looking back, it's just like, you wouldn't, I wouldn't have believed that this roller coaster ever existed if I didn't, if I wasn't alive at the same time that it existed, you know? Because mm-hmm. I just yeah. can't believe that a ride that size doing those things opened in 1983 and then didn't even see the 21st century. 
It's funny because yeah. in a way it's such a Fuji Q ride. So Fuji Q. Fuji Q only builds like the wildest things. Yeah. Generally speaking. Yeah. Because then nice, they follow that up with Ijanaika. It's like every, they, three consecutive roller coasters where they just try to kill you, basically. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that trend, that Let's legacy really began with, with Moonsault Scramble. Moonsault Scramble. I think the name is so sick. It's so Moonsault sick. Moonsault Scramble. Yeah. I didn't yeah, know the coaster, cool but when I looked it up, I was like, I want to ride this. You know? Isn't that sick? And, you, and for those of you who don't know, a moonsault is a wrestling move where you throw your opponent on the ground and then do a backflip on top of them. That's the moonsault yeah. scramble. Exactly what the roller coaster does. <laughs> 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 like, That's... naming game, 10 wow. out of 10. <laughs> wow. So the next coast on the list, we actually got pretty close to riding. It's Stingray at the Sucho Ferrisville Park, which you were in Sucho and that whole region for a little Ferrisville. bit. <laughs> and um, the Stingray is the Vacoma production model that was only ever built once. And, yeah, it's kind of a weird way of describing it. It's like a super compact flying coaster, only eight riders, two rows of four, where you would fold backwards as onto your back, kind of like the traditional flying, Vacoma Flying Dutchman, and then go up a vertical lift, and then you would dive down, have a couple of cool elements like a horseshoe, and um, this weird, like, reverse Immelman and what they call, like, a stingray curve. It's all a lot of fancy language. But practically, it was a really unusual flying coaster that wasn't very big, but it was quite tall. Uh, it was 103 feet tall, um, only 1,200 feet long. Um, yeah, it didn't do the most, but it was just super different and unique. And not to bring TPR back into this, but I saw one of their videos, and I was like, this looks really neat, and it's right by the water. Just one of those one-off rides you kind of want to try out. And it's not a ride I expected to close as early as it did because it only really lasted from 2009 through 2018. So it was um, it was the fall before we went that it was closed. And I would have loved to have ridden it. Like, it just looked like a cool ride. And I like my Vacomas, obviously. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those, like, okay, new age Vacoma. Got to ride it. Totally. Yeah, unfortunately, that was not in the cards. And do we not know why they only made one? They only made yeah, that one. Yeah, they only made that one. It, had, it wasn't very good capacity. It wasn't mm, that long yeah. or that spectacular of a ride. But it was like mm. a it was a it was a side attraction to this giant Ferris wheel that they have in Suzhou. Yeah, and the park itself wasn't really even a park, if I'm not mistaken. It was more like a public place. You yeah. could kind of just walk around. Okay. But yeah, the positioning of the ride was gorgeous, and having a super steep drop, like on the flying coast, it was it was almost vertical. Like it was a steep drop, but a giant horseshoe element. Like, it was honestly a pretty, uh, it looked pretty intense and forceful when you look at the shape and size of it. Oh, I haven't even seen those pictures before. It looks really mm. cool. Right? It looks really cool. Yeah. It looks like I something that had potential. I remember wanting to as well. Yeah. Sad. Yeah, Such a shame. But I guess Such we have shame. Fly now. Yeah. yeah True. Fly. Yeah. fly is a whole different beast. Literally. Next. Now. The next one on the list is a, a, a bit of a special one because I wouldn't even consider it a different credit. But oh, I might. Guys, you, <laughs> you guys probably would. Um, but um, so the first time I went to Disneyland Paris, I was too small to, well, and, and too much of a scaredy cat to ride inversion <laughs> roller coasters. Because uh, not only was Indiana Jones there, but also the original Space Mountain was open. I remember seeing through the windows to uh, 
my dad riding I, I didn't see my dad riding but i saw the roller coaster riding there so i could have been on the terre de la lune but <laughs> uh such a shame uh and then the second time that we went back that was like okay maybe i should try a roller coaster that goes upside down this time and uh the one that i was standing in front of was indiana jones uh however I think it was probably one of the reasons that held me back on of, of riding it. It was going backwards that time. Because what happened was with the opening of Space Mountain, they wanted to draw back the attention a little bit to Indiana Jones. So that's why they decided to uh, change the direction, make the trains go backwards. They adapted the trains from 8 to 12 persons as well for that. And they had to change all the props, all the lights, reverse everything. Um, and so, yeah, from 2000 to 2004, it was uh, going backwards and I didn't do it. Uh, <laughs> and now I regret it deeply. It's, it's one of those things that I bring up from time to time. It's like, yeah, I shouldn't have written it, shouldn't have written it. But, uh, well, the, then, uh, one of the, there's a, I think there's a few reasons why they changed it back to forward because, um people it was more intense from whatever this from what i heard i heard uh, it hurt so, yeah and that it hurt i mean Plus, forward kind of hurts i couldn't imagine uh, riding this depends. thing backward i mean i would love it because i love rides that kick your ass but yeah for this one i feel like there's a fine line and i my understanding is that this one was a one and done for people mm -hmm. and that like ridership for the ride went up and then it really quickly went down again just like a roller coaster yeah and then also, yeah, they closed Space Mountain for Mission 2, the transition to Mission 2. So they, that was also one of the reasons, like, we, we, we should give a, a roller coaster that goes forward that people like and that goes upside down. So Oh, true. That's, uh, I do love yeah. Disneyland Paris, and they're, they can never leave good enough alone, for better or for worse. They're like, they always want to do something different or better. Yeah, when you think about it, all their loop of ghosts have gone through significant changes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all of their loopers are now on their third identity yeah. of sorts. Um, but, yeah, speaking of Intamin loopers, um, yeah. the next one, I like to think of Cop Car Chase. It was a Lethal Weapon Pursuit when it opened at uh, Warner Brothers Movie World in Germany. I feel like Cop Car Chase, as it was called um, in the last few years of its existence, was sort of like uh, the next step after Indiana Jones. And I think that was... There, I bet. I bet Indiana Jones was sort of like its inspiration, because the parks aren't that far from each other in the grand scheme of things, and they were conceptually very similar, except that Cop Car Chase was two, but it was the same product line side by side. They each had a, a vertical loop, and Cop Car Chase in this case had um, zero G rolls. After it was the first like traditional looping coaster to have a zero G roll, actually, a barrel roll. or a barrel roll, yeah. Um, this was a really neat ride that Sean actually got to ride. Yeah. This is one that he has that I do not have. Mm. Um, so that was really the first coaster that came to mind when we talked about the subject was Cop Car Chase because yeah. it, it was such a neat ride and it was so short-lived ultimately because it was the operating cost versus the capacity was poor, the poor location of it. Yeah, there was just... there was issues there were problems it was like a dueling dragon project for a park that nowhere got near the intended attendance yeah yeah it just it wasn't even close to what they needed for it 
And then Toga with Windjammer Wraith Surf Racers probably looked at that and they said, oh yeah, we can do that. And they, they definitely could not. <laughs> <laughs> not even close. But you said you liked it, babe. You said, Oh yeah, it was ride. very cool. I mean, it was kind of hidden. You could see it from the parking lot. It kind of blew through some warehouses. It was one of those things, especially when I was a kid, it was just, it was like a legendary thing for me. Because that was like my big family theme park to go to, Warner Bros. Movie World. Mm. And I was, you know, I went there once on a school trip when it was still the cop car chase years. And pretty confident, only ran one, one side though, only rode one side. But um, yeah, it was just like this cool ride. And I remember going on the wave swing, I was really young, my first couple of visits when I wasn't tall enough to ride yet. Uh, and I would go on the waist swinger that was right next to the barrel rolls just to see the trains going through it. And I would just ride the waist swinger all day because I was Poor so memory. fascinated with it. Um, <laughs> and then ultimately, I didn't ride until the cup car chase years. I think it was last year when I went on a school trip in 06. And that was also when I rode it. So, yeah, sadness. But understandable, again. I think most of these coasters are understandable. Yeah, a lot of these, it's like, yeah, it's, it's the way it goes. Next on my list is a Schwarzkopf, believe it or not. Um, Zonga. Zonga was the original Gronerlund thriller that then was placed as Taz's Texas Tornado in Six Flags Astroworld. Then eventually it was moved to Sigurd Discovery Kingdom and modified to become Zonga, which was a good temporary placeholder, I will say that. Um, I love my Schwarzkopf's. I love my Schwarzkopf loops in particular. There's just something about them, like riding Psyche Underground the other day with Sven. It's yeah. like the best part is that loop. Like there's something about these Schwarzkopf loops that no other loopers do. Like mm-hmm. it's like it's like a feeling. It's like, you know, love loops. It's such like a good that. ride. Uh, well, such a good especially back version. So I was like, all right, I want to ride like a unique looper. And um, Zonga always looked cool to me. Like the the whole blue color scheme, the weird inversions that two loops in one. You know, it was just like a really weird looking ride. I understand why it just it didn't work out they modified the ride too much to be less intense and only led to problems and i think it was always meant to be a placeholder but i'm um, going to discovery kingdom a lot in my early years living in the u.s um it was always one of those things where the plot just seemed kind of like leftover from zonga zonga was bigger than anything it's been there since yeah and it would have been such a cool ride to have written i think mm-hmm. like that legendary of a big Schwarzkopf. because i don't have any big legendary Schwarzkopf. i've got the looping stars I've got the customs like Super Duper Looper and Revolution and stuff. Mindbender at Six Flags Over Georgia is probably. I've got Mindbender. Yeah. And like The Wizard. Those are some yeah. of your legacy Schwartz Cop credits. Not yet Olympia Looping? I don't have Olympia Looping yet. Nope, okay. I'm missing all of the big portable ones. So there's Olympia Looping. There's this. Alpina Bano don't have. There was another yeah. um, portable one that I don't have. And then there was the big triple loop one that yeah. was that um, from Flamingo Land for a while. So that would have been, I think, the closest I could have gotten to getting on like a big one that was permanently stationed. I'm. Um, uh, so yeah, I I rode uh, both Olympia Looping and Alpina Ban in Luxembourg. So oh was, yeah, you did that recently. So right? it's like my Luxembourg credits. Yeah, I don't know how to to to. I, for me, it's my Luxembourg credits, even though it's German roller coasters, I guess. Yeah. Uh, or German but where you ride it is where you get the credit. But, we, yeah. we can we could ride those in London. That's something I would like to do. Go to Winter Wonderland and ride those. Well, or, or or ride Olympia Looping um, at the Prater in Vienna. See yeah, how many countries say, I can ride it in. From what I heard, uh, I th- it was James that told me that um, 
either it's in Vienna or it's in the the Oktoberfest in München. Mm -hmm. It's it's might not go back to London anymore. So uh, oh, cause it's really? a bit oh, of really? a hassle because it's a bit of a hassle to move everything. But it's, it's yeah, not confirmed. I can see that. It's a rumor, but uh, but on the good side, it, normally it should return every summer to um, Wiener Prater. So at least ah, there. Perfect. Can, uh, I love that place. Well, we'll have to see. But let's go to Mirabilandia in Italy. Not a Mediterranean woody. Mm -hmm. Sierra Tonante. Tomato Again, Europe um, and their wooden coasters, man. I mean, yeah, it's it's quite something, Wooden Coast. And that's one of the reasons why it would have been nice to ride this one. It's, it was the only wooden coaster in uh, Italy at the time. And now they don't have any anymore. Um, uh, operated from 1992 to uh, 2007. And at the time, the tallest and fastest European wooden roller coaster with um, 35 meters high one kilometer long, 100 kilometer per hour uh, top That's speed. quite fast so, for a Woody. Yeah. Huh? That, when I saw those stats, I was like, yeah, yeah, I wanted to ride that. <laughs> but, um, I mean, the, 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 the weather was the, the most uh, important factor here because humid in the winter, dry in the summer. So a lot of replacement needed to be done on those tracks, uh, especially towards the end of its life. And um, yeah, so that's when they gave it up. But uh, I think Ice Speed is a, a worthy replacement. Totally different. Oh, surely. But I really like that coaster. It's a, it's a fun, snappy, uh, intimate launch coaster. So the way I like it. But uh, then again, it, it's as, as we don't have that many wooden roller coasters here. Um, would have been nice to have ridden it, but that's life. Okay, all right. So my next one, I love my arrows. Um, this is another one that came to mind for me immediately when we talked about this. was the Orient Express at Worlds of Fun. I went to Worlds of Fun in 2009, and they... Partially, they've sort of replaced this with Spinning Dragons, the the Gerschlauer spinning coaster, but not really. Spinning Dragons kind of sits in front of where Orient Express was. Orient Express was dealing with major stress fracture issues. I mean, you just go back and look at, like, Ian and I love talking about Orient Express because this ride was a freaking mess. It was... Um, you mean the Hot Mess Express? Yeah, the Hot Mess Orient Express. The, uh, <laughs> it, it would clear that second vertical loop and just fly into the boomerang so much faster than like a lot of the other batwing boomerang sequences on, um, arrow coasters would later be, um, to help prolong their life. And you came out of that thing, did a, a U-turn and then went into like the most apeshit, stupid looking helix I've ever seen in my life. That just seemed like it was just poorly designed on purpose. Um, the ride was demolished in 2003. And, and yeah, they never really, they never truly replaced it. Um, in 2000, they opened the Vacoma Boomerang. And I feel like that was kind of their preemptive strike. Like they, I think like by then they knew that Orient Express didn't have a lot of time left. So they're like, we better get like a straightforward looping coaster um, in here. At the time, I felt like Worlds of Fun got such a raw deal because they went from having 
in the nineties as a kid, like I was, was fascinated by this park and I was so into like their lineup at one point was full of like unique custom roller coasters. They had their wooden coaster, Timberwolf, they had Mamba. Um, they had Zambezi Zinger at the time, uh, up until 1997 actually. So that Mamba was sort of the spiritual replacement for that one. And then Orient Express, this like a really amazing custom looper at one point it held the record for most inversions um, with four alongside the Carolina Cyclone at mm-hmm. um, Carowinds. Any other ride? Even, I mean, this was kind of the beginning of the end for the some of the more ambitious Aero Looper projects. I guess really Drakenfire was the beginning of the end. So that came in 98 with, uh, with its demolition. But this one would have been a cool one. It, it was sad going in 2009 and seeing that the majority of the plot, everything, every bit of that ride that the space that that ride took up was still empty after all those years. It's still empty. I mean, that was, I went six years after it had been demolished. It has been 20 years and they, all that they've done with the space that the ride occupies is like turn the queue and station and stuff into a haunt. It's like typical, typical, typical tier three Cedar fair park behavior. (laughs) Um, they finally got a Zambezi zinger spiritual replacement with the Zambezi zinger kitty wooden coaster. I hope someday they open, some cool looping coaster, like a Vacoma next gen looper and call it Orient Express. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> uh, crazier things have happened. Um, but yeah, when I, when I first but, thought of this, this topic, this one came up right away for me. And so I see it has intertwining loopings. Is that how you mm-hmm. say it? Yeah. Uh, it had interlocking loops. loops. One of three interlocking arrow projects. That was, yeah. But so this one has it, had it, uh, Loch Ness monster has it. Were there others, mm-hmm. or are these the only uh, The Lightning Loops, which were dueling aero shuttle loops, like the one at Blackpool, but okay. one was on top of the other, and they, they met oh, in the center. They made yeah. an X shape. So it goes Great Adventure. So that was it. That was a Got interesting... something about dueling coasters there. Great Adventure, man. With inversion. That park has done some mm-hmm. of the wildest shit with rides, truly. Talk uh, about some wild shit. Let's talk about Ultimate at Lightwater Valley, uh, which is my <laughs> next coaster on the list. Didn't really expect it to die, when it did, so I kind of never really rushed yeah, over there. That's a shame. Um, because that was one of those coasters where, like, I thought it was never going to die. Because, first of all, it's so... It's a, it's ultimate, you know? Like, <laughs> who's going to take out ultimate? That <laughs> thing is, like, in the ground in a perfect weather condition for a wooden support structure. Like, none of it, to me, seemed like a good reason to be murdered <laughs> in such tragic way as it was. Um, so, unfortunately, it did die, and... 2019, I guess, when it closed, oh, yeah. and then 2022 is when they officially decided oh, they that killed it. it was going to be uh, not reopening. Um, for those that don't know, Lightwater Valley um, in Yorkshire, England, built this world's longest roller coaster back in 1991, um, which was just a giant terrain coaster in a way with two lift hills and two drops that just went all over this hilly terrain that was part of the park's grounds i suppose and um it was just a high speed kind of rocky train themed roller coaster that took forever like forever ever like it just <laughs> never ended um and it was really cool and it was an rct inspired like, yes. roller coaster katie's world had an inspired ride inspired. by it yep. and i was pretty mesmerized by this ride as a kid because you guys look so cool and one youtube video later you're obsessed you know it's easy <laughs> to do um <laughs> and yeah so um i'm pretty sure that both of you guys ride i know alex wrote it you ride it Sven? I didn't write it, no. So, oh, you didn't uh, write it either? So sad. Then, yeah, it, it... 
But it's one of it those cool. that I'm like, okay, I it's like it is what it, it is. is. What it is. Cause yeah, it's it's not that I have less regret for this one compared to others. You know, I don't okay. know why, but it's, it was like, just middle of the pack for me. It's a cool ride. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like the greatest roller coaster I've ever been on, but it was certainly interesting. It it's was, just so different. It was a neat one to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it just seemed a pity that it had to go. I feel like the, the the only reason that it really got demolished is because. Lightwater Valley just has decided to go in a different direction business model-wise yeah. with their rides, and that's just the long short of it. The people that built this ride and ran this ride and loved this ride are not the people that run Lightwater Valley today. So mm-hmm. this ride really – this is one of the only coasters on this list that was really just a total victim of circumstance. Like yeah. there was nothing wrong with the ride. It just – was not economically viable for the business plan of the current owners of the park, and COVID really expedited that plan. And I will say it's one of those roller coasters where it's so big and it's so sprawling, and the maintenance of it must be a pain in the ass. So I'm sure it wasn't ideal for the park either. Um, what was the actual return on Ultimate after all those years? Probably not a whole lot. So I understand why it's gone, but I kind of never thought I would see today. Yeah. Next. Who's that? Sven. Oh, this is a good one, Sven. Yeah, so um, last year I went to Drayton Manor for the first time. And uh, that's when I wrote um, Shockwave, the the Intamin stand-up coaster. Uh, At first I was terrified because it was closed. I was like, oh, no, am I not going to be able to ride it today? But eventually I got to, uh, even front seat. Uh, nice. Because um, did I like it? Not that much because it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and yet I put this one on the list because you, you guys know I'm a collector. So yeah. <laughs> it would have been nice to well put. collect the different... Uh, credits here and the the two different um um types of stand-up uh coasters by uh intamin because this what the 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 stand-up uh did i already mention the name yeah stand-up as yeah, yeah, Kata yeah, yeah. summerland uh opened in 1988 and it closed in 1994 so yeah i was way too small to uh ride it they had a ride that big yeah, Scar Summerland. That's a big ride. Yeah, yeah it is. That, that, that surprised me a lot as well when I was looking up coasters. This is the park that has that I weird SNS thing, like, thing, right? The yes, Tranon. Tranon. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of all places. But, um, the, but however, the ride didn't um, die. It moved to La Ronde in uh, La Ronde in uh, <laughs> Canada. To be fair, that is where coasters go to die. That is where coasters go to die, so it's the writings on the wall. (laughs) Apparently. Uh, And yeah, there it closed in 2016 eventually. But um, again, it's... it's, I put it on the list because it looked neat to have the collection, but yeah. Sven, I'm really glad that you picked this one because everything that you just said is exactly what went through my mind when I wrote The Shockwave at Drayton Manor. Except that when I rode the Shockwave at Drayton Manor, uh, Cobra was still open. And I was like, oh, I should go to La Ronde and ride Cobra. Um, and then a year later, they demolished it. And I'm like, you know oh. what? Fuck that place. I'm not going. 
I don't need to ride any of your stupid rides, I guess. Um, now that you've demolished the ride that I really wanted to ride. <laughs> you're saying you're not going for Edna Latak? <laughs> well, I would have also gone for Super Menage, and it, now Super it's gone Menage, too. Yeah. And I would have loved to have ride Viper, the uh, relocated uh, Green Lantern first flight from Magic mm-hmm. Mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, now, that's a lie. You did not want to write that. Over. I did, because it would have been funny. You already had Okay, it would have been like an internet meme come to life. Um, anyway... So this next coaster, so Black Hole Express at Kundori Land, prob- oh, probably the like, so cool. probably the most, one of the most, if not the most obscure coasters on this list. This is one that I like fell back in love with after Sean and I scoured Roller Coaster Database's collection of uh, retired. Roller it turns coasters. out we were both obsessed with this ride in separate eras of our lives, and both were like, "Oh my god, yeah, the ride." I was like, one of us the needs ride. to pick this coaster as their coaster. Uh, it was a big, beautiful ride that seemed like ahead of its time in retrospect. But then at the same time... I need Sven to guess the manufacturer. In the natural progression... Sven, is this a coaster? Do you yes. have any idea what coaster we're talking about? Uh, I'm looking at the pictures now, and I'd say either Arrow or Vekoma. It is a giant Vekoma. A giant Vekoma. And mm-hmm. this oh, was wow. the natural progression after a ride like Gouldrick's. Building these giant loopers. I mean, this thing was massive and had these two big, beautiful loops and then would just barrel into a sidewinder that dove underground and had two corkscrews. Probably the most striking quality of this ride was the giant mid-air helix that it did um, halfway down the first drop. This thing was just so cool. It was so... Well, it kind of reminds me of Millennium at Fancy Island. Oh, totally. it's like big loop, big helix kind of game. But like a bigger version of it, and like I liked Millennium, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Millennium was a little sluggish for me. I feel I, I imagine Nightmare or, or not Nightmare. Um, I imagine Black Hole Express just like having better pacing than Millennium, but I could just be guessing at this point. But that was a, just a big, beautiful like Black Hole Express is a perfect representation of why Vacoma was thriving. And aerodynamics was was not because so Kumdori Land is in South Korea. Also in South Korea is um, the Fantasia Special, uh, a five inversion aerodynamics looper that just has two vertical loops and three consecutive corkscrews. And so these rides were built in the same country at the same time using similar technology, same number of inversions by directly competing manufacturers. And one of them was this big, beautiful custom thing with like five unique inversions that were all ergonomically designed and um, and then you had Arrow's attempt which was like them playing it very very safe after the ultimate failure of Drakenfire where it's just like a couple of like plug and play cut and paste loops and corkscrews and stuff and and then the ride's over um definitely a a, a neat co- it's just a shame this this seems like a ride that would have been a good candidate to get uh, taken apart and, and sold, but it just wasn't wasn't. We were not fortunate enough for this one to to uh, relocate somewhere because I feel like it was sturdy enough. It certainly could have been, uh, I think, conceivably if the timing had been right. Such is life. So go big old loopers. Oh, um, yes. Next up is Great American Scream Machine at Six Flags Great Adventure. Anyone that knows me knows I love Viper and Magic Bound. And so the other two big mega loopers in the U.S., um, Shockwave and Great American Scream Machine, 
at Six Flags Great America and Six Flags Great Adventure, respectively, were kind of like the previous versions of Viper. Viper's like the expanded, perfected version of it, if you can call it perfect. Um, <laughs> so Great America Screen Machine is the one I chose for this, mostly because we've been going to Six Flags Great Adventure more lately. And I feel like it was such a staple there for so much longer than Shockwave ever was at um, Great America. Either way, um, just, you know, it was one of those power rides. I think everyone knows about this one, too. Big Arrow Looper, legendary with its giant suspended loops. Did the ride make a whole lot of sense in hindsight? No, but I don't think a lot of arrows did. Um, it would have been such a great ride to uh, to have ridden in my lexicon of arrow coasters that I so adore. Um, there's not much else to say about it. That's just one of the reasons why it's on my list. One thing you have to talk about when you talk about Scream Machine is... Kamikaze at Conco's Party Pier. It's true. Kamikaze at Conco's Party Pier (laughs) is now Blue Hog at Six Flags over Georgia, which is one of my Uh, favorite arrows out there. Just like with Black Hole Express, this is a perfect encapsulation of why one of these companies was really thriving and doing everything right the first try because... The, the one of these coasters was relocated and is still open and is built like a freaking tank. And one of these coasters, it's just wild to imagine apart. that at the same time you have Kamikaze slash Blue Hog being built in this not too far away from where yeah, Great like American Screen Machine was being built. Yeah, and Great American Screen Machine was the best that Arrow could push. Like it was like the biggest and the best they could do. But at the end of the day, it was just a form formulaic loop three times. Um, a broken Bedwing and Double Corkscrew is then where Kamikaze slash Blue Hog had all of these intricate elements and the support structure and it was like light years ahead already just how Black Hole Express was mm-hmm. um, already light years ahead but still though Great American Screen Machine is kind of like a legendary ride for Great America you know before Kindercon El Toro yeah like this was the ride you know, it was like the first Nitro. Like, truly legendary coaster for that park. Yeah, this was like the big boy. Yeah. And then, last one for me is um, in 2018, I did a trip to the UK where we rode both uh, Icon and Wickerman, uh, the new coasters of that year. But uh, when driving from Blackpool Pressure Beach to Alton Towers, all of a sudden, I was looking around. I was like, hey, is that a roller coaster over there? And <laughs> I was totally out of the blue. Like, what is it? Where is it? Why haven't I heard about this? And turned out it was Nightmare at uh, Camelot Theme Park. But, yeah, the it was a standing but not operating coaster at the time because the, they removed it finally in 2020, but it had been closed since 2012. And it's a Schwarzkopf. It started off uh, as Bavarian Mountain Railroad in uh, Kobe Portopio Land. Kobe Portopia Land. (laughs) That thing. Uh, (laughs) As as an indoor roller coaster with uh, five colored trains. Uh, But then in 2007, it moved to, um, to the UK. Um, where it only kept uh, three of the trains. And um, so, yeah, I remember being sad about it. But then, by preparing for this episode, I realized it was basically Jetline at Grunalund. Exactly. So, They're, like, identical. Yeah, but obviously that coaster is closed now as well. 
it's not <laughs> yeah I'm i wasn't sure, sure but i was sick of adding it to this list and i was like you know what let me just see if they reopen it first <laughs> i think they're gonna yeah. reopen jetline hopefully so yeah Maybe. it depends on on if they will reopen jetline or not for the people that haven't written this and are interested in writing it as well uh, but i have written jetline so it's like okay i kind of did it then but not in the uk uh, <laughs> but then again, as I said, I'm a collector, so yeah. it would have been nice to have both, but there you go. Well, and I guess so I'm wrapping up our our evening of uh, coasters we could have ridden. This one is the one that hurts the most. Yeah. This is, I, of all the things that I am salty I about for it. in this life, it is not riding the Big Bad Wolf at Busch Gardens Williamsburg, and... I was there in Virginia in 2008 uh, with some family, and we were going to go to one of the parks. We didn't have time to go to both. Um, originally, we were just, like, the plan was to go to Busch Gardens Williamsburg, and King's Dominion was just kind of an afterthought. Um, but Griffin was down. I'd read on the theme park review reforms that Griffin was down. It needed a chain replacement. And I was so upset about their newest coaster being not open that I was like, well, what if we went to King's Dominion instead? Like their new roller coaster dominator is open. Like let's go to King's Dominion. My family was all about it. We went to King's Dominion, had a great day. I rode, you rode volcano, I rode volcano that day. I rode shockwave that day. Um, I rode hurler that day. All three of those coasters are gone, but I could have ridden big bad wolf and, hmm. The following year, they announced that it was closing and it just wasn't feasible for me to go up and ride it. So it was demolished. I was devastated. In fact, and I was so bitter about missing it, but I didn't go to Kingston. I didn't go to Busch Gardens, Williamsburg for another 10 years. <laughs> My first trip to Busch, Busch Gardens, Williamsburg was the last major theme park in the United States that I had not been to. And boy, were you salty. Because I was so bitter you. about avoiding it. And then I was. <laughs> I was this horrible basket case. I was a mess when we were there. I was so I, I was so much more bothered by it than I thought I, I was. I still had to be. ride for Bolton on my own the other day because he was not going to ride it because it wasn't Big by Wolf. Well, no. I mean, I don't mind. For Bolton, it's fine. Did you ride it a second time and I did something else? Yeah, you were like, not down to ride it again. But that was the same in 2018, too. You just got it for the credit, really. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we wrote it and I liked mm-hmm. it. Wait, wait, did you ride for Bolton twice on the last visit? Yeah, I remember I was on my own riding it and then you waited for me at the exit. What was I doing? You wrote something else. Didn't I, don't I ride? Was. was it the Loxley? Because <laughs> I rode the Sean didn't want to ride La Scoot and I love that ride. So, no, oh, it was no, Invader. Yeah, it was Invader. Yeah. I wanted to ride oh, Invader to see how it was holding up and like, that's a cute ride. It's nothing crazy, but I just thought like, mm. oh, well, you know, I really wanted to ride it. I like to ride wooden coasters every time I'm at a park that has one because I like to see how it's aging. But you didn't want to ride it. So I rode Invader while you rode Verbolton a second time. I've got no beef with Verbolton. It's a cute ride. Um, but I just really regret not going to ride Big Bad Wolf. There's no guarantees that I would have gone to King's Dominion either any, in, in, in those 10 years and which would have meant that I would have missed out on Volcano and some other stuff. But, um, like, I'm really grateful to have Volcano and the Togo stand up and, I guess, Hurler. Um, but, yeah, Big Bad Wolf. Missing out on Big Bad Wolf when I totally could have ridden it is, like, my biggest roller coaster regret ever. Mm-hmm. So to round out the episode, 
if we're people are still see... here. Yeah, if you're still here. <laughs> it's I mean, a long one not... this time. Remember how we used to have seasons where like the episodes were all like two hours? Yeah. This is long for this season, but it's not long yeah. in the grand scheme of things. So but now... it's important. It's important. Yeah. <laughs> we need to figure out what do we think is going to close next? Like what big major roller coaster? I'm not going to say like small coaster. Like a big major roller coaster is probably on the chopping block. Yeah, that's a hard one I mean, for me. The first one that I want to mention is Desperado. Oh God! Yeah, that thing, I don't know if we can even rightly I, I, say I, that it exists. Yeah, that, that's the thing that I, I I wasn't sure about including it, but I mean, you never know that it reopens. But to be fair, I it's still standing up, not operating, and they are still cycling it. Yeah, like, every month. It is tech. You're, you're like, right. It, it is operate. It is technically operable. Well, it's not operable, but it's still standing. I it guess. functions. They can send yeah. a train out. But this, they just yeah. can't run it with people legally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's, that's a good like, one. Yeah, if yeah. like if people see it open, go for it. Because yeah, gosh, yeah, I've been Too saying bad. that for years. It was open at Flight of Vegas tomorrow. It, yeah, I was gonna say Call if, in if, sick, if we got go. an email today saying that the ride was open, I would drop my entire life and go and ride it. That's such a good ride. <laughs> it's so, and we've already ridden it too. <laughs> I've ridden it so many times, and I want to ride it again. That was one of our first dates. Yeah, it was. One of I was on a layover in Las Vegas, nice. and Sean drove up from LA and picked Set me in up. The parking lot, waiting to make sure it was me. running because yeah. it was only running like once every fifteen yeah. minutes. So you weren't sure. Yeah, like yeah. driving by didn't mean anything. You yeah. had to be there and make sure it was yeah. over. It was so romantic. Um, oh, I love that ride. <laughs> what do I think? So I think realistically, a lot of the talk in our circles is that the Viper and Magic Band will eventually eat dust. It did just invest a lot of money a couple of years ago in redoing all of the um, brakes and all the hydraulics for the brakes and the computer system. But you know, like we just displayed in this episode, there's rides receiving completely new elements, like replacing entire piece of track and then closing that same year. So, or being open for three whole days or two hours doesn't matter. Like yeah. nothing is nothing is forever. So I would be super surprised if Viper may eventually eat dust i would hope not but i can imagine happening it's living Mm. a very long life for an arrow looper let's not lie Mm. i just thought of mine just now while you were talking because um (laughs) i remember you guys remember when um there was rumors in 2018 about vortex at king's island being demolished and the park even came out on social media and said that the rumors about vortex being on the chopping block are very exaggerated like the the ride's not going anywhere and then one year later it was gone Oof, it was gone it was gone and the park apparently was really not happy about that it was just the ride was in a lot worse shape than they thought it was in it was like 2019 like was the year that they just they really could not so what are you thinking i well actually i might have two considering we just rode anaconda and you just brought up viper anaconda would seem i think an even more likely candidate for the chopping block in the next couple of years than Viper. Why? Because I think Anaconda, they're about the same age, but Anaconda, I don't think runs as well as Viper does. No, that's true. And also, I don't think Anaconda is as well liked. And Magic Mountain is more, I think Magic Mountain cares more about keeping Viper open than King's Dominion cares about keeping Vortex open or uh, keep it (laughs) than keeping Anaconda open. So, yeah, that one, I just think it, it doesn't have the public opinion that Viper has. People like Viper a lot. I mean, I think people like Anaconda too, but just not to the same degree. And I think Anaconda could be next. The other one, going back to the, the Kings Island social media tangent, there was rumors swirling around that Kumba 
and Busch Gardens Tampa was mm. going to be demolished. And then the park came out and addressed and said, it's not going anywhere. And I'm like, I've heard this before. Like, this is exactly what happened with Vortex, where people thought had had perfectly logical reason to think that it was going to be demolished. And then the park said no. And then a year later, it was gone. Mm. Well, what I think is that people have perhaps gotten wind of a extended closure or just like a closure, not reopening date. Or permits, and that could all be very well related to the fact that Kumba is the oldest big B and M looper around, yeah. and it's gonna be time to replace the track at some point because well, Hoke already got replaced, exactly. and Kumba operates almost the same amount of hours. At, like the mm. overall lifetime of Hoke day one to retrack versus Kumba day one to retrack, they probably have about the same amount of hours realistically. So I wouldn't be surprised if Kumba is just really going to need to get completely retracked. I just don't think it's going to go anywhere except for that the track is going to be replaced. Yeah. It's still a perfectly popular I think ride. Fingers crossed that it, Lots of new it signage has to has go been built lately. Now, and now that Nemesis is going through that, all yeah. the towers and I just think that it. we're going to get to a phase where B&Ms are just going to get their tracks replaced. But yeah. They're such good, smooth... Like it's almost like a, a brand of coaster that like you don't need to retire; you just need to like replace it. You just retrack because it. they're just yeah. really good rides. They're like arrows, where like yeah. they're just you just gotta kick yeah. them all out. Mm-hmm. But realistically, I think that's what Kumba's gonna go through. I hope so. I but I, 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 I guess I would say that I think the flesh of Kumba is not long for this world, and I think it's inevitable based on mm. the evidence that we have. The evidence that not only Universal has given us, but uh, now Alton Towers um, has made it clear that coasters from this particular era. Um, are starting to have, I guess, irrevocable. You know, There's they're sustaining mm. damage that's incompatible with safe operation. Sure, aging, metal fatigue, mm. the whole bit. So, what about those are my accelerator <laughs> at Nutsberry Farm? So they just got all the pieces in that had to be custom manufactured, and they're installing them now. So they're expecting test cycling in the next few weeks. If I hadn't known that, I would have said, like, it's finally time because it has been standing dormant for almost two years now, and it did that before, yeah. and it's done yeah. it before. Like, it's always, like, Accelerate is honestly never up. And so they just repainted it, and they just got all the parts in. So if it wasn't for me knowing they got the parts in and they're working actively on the track, I would have probably said, like, maybe this is finally the downtime that killed it. But that thing is indestructible because it's still there. <laughs> it's a tank. Like, they will not give up on that ride. And if it shits the bed again... They're going to do what they're doing with Top Field Dragster. I was about to <gasps> mark my words. Maybe some Perla uh, can do something That'd be it. a cute look. It would be super cute. Not Bear Farm, call me. Yeah. We gotta talk. <laughs> I don't care if they have to demolish Supreme Scream to do it. Whatever it takes. If, mm-hmm. if Top Field Dragster is a success and it works, I almost feel like they're going to do that to Accelerator and it will only be a matter of time. That's a really cute look. I didn't think about that. I have okay. one more. That's... Um, that's what it's just one that I'm surprised that it's still running, and that's Boomerang at Bellowada Park to mention one in <laughs> Europe as well. So I'm like, first Boomerang, how is it still there? Uh, but yeah, so far they they repainted it this year, quite like the new colors of it. Uh, it's on our wedding pictures. Oh. So, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm I'm surprised that it's still running and. Especially with the right to happiness now also so close. <laughs> it's like, will they at some point add a new thrill coaster? Or I, I, I know that it's not really their target group, so I guess it's still there because it's there. But uh, and next year is 
the big investment in a water type attraction that oh yeah that crazy will be so crazy rapids um, thing that they're doing right yeah the rapid slide or with that thing looks really cool and also terrifying yeah but it's kind um, of giving vertigo with water we'll see and with that we're gonna wrap up this episode this newest episode in season five yeah make sure to follow us on threads instagram tiktok youtube facebook all the above visit thecoastalkings.com for new articles news lists all the good stuff and we'll see you on the next episode bye bye bye